Beard Bros Campfire Fun, Fun time. time. I'm Grant. I'm Tyler. We're back. Yeah. We are back. Tyler's back. We're here for another episode of the Beard Bros Campfire Fun Time podcast. We appreciate you guys joining in again. As usual, like us, subscribe to us, review us, do all that wherever you listen to us. Right, give us the five stars. Do all the normal stuff. Tell us to your friends and family. We appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> they have listener support. They have reviews everywhere, it seems like. So, you know, wherever you're doing, it helps us out tremendously with the algorithm because that's a pain to try and deal with often, especially the topics that we like to talk about. Uh, it doesn't always work in our favor, so any likes and reviews definitely help us. We appreciate it. And, of course, as you know, this podcast is sponsored by Eagle Armory. Eagle Armory here in Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> as well as O'Fallon, Missouri, right outside of St. Louis, and just opening their brand-new location coming very, very soon to Kansas City, Missouri, is the third official location of Eagle Armory. Dang, they're spreading their wings. Absolutely. That's what happens when you get great prices at the friendliest gun store in town. You start spreading the wings of the Eagle. You know what I'm saying? But in all seriousness, congratulations, Zach and Abby and everyone. Uh, You're doing great. I love to see the growth. It's awesome. Obviously, you can shop online with them. You can sh- shop through them through Gun Broker. Just look up Eagle Armory, or you can go to their website, Eagle Armory SGF. That's Sierra Golf Foxtrot uh, dot com, and you can find out uh, how to get a hold of them. Uh, have them order stuff for you. Get a hold of them for questions for Class Three items like suppressors, short barreled rifles, and and more. Uh, all your ammo needs and hunting supplies, gun safes, and everything. Shop at Eagle Armory. Nice. And we are back, and we have <clears throat> Tyler back with us. Yay! Um, How was your St. Patty's Day? It wasn't too bad. I didn't really do anything. Did you drink any beer, at least? Not really, no. Oh. I don't even think so. I don't, I mean, that's... that's depressing. That's Did you at least weird... wear green so you didn't get pinched? I always wear green. Oh. Like, I always have, like, some sort of forest green or olive drab green on. So, I'm, so you're you know, like the Mr. Rogers where yeah. you just kind of the same outfits, but a different kind of yeah, pretty much. coat. <laughs> but St. Patrick's Day is weird, you know, just that whole... It's weird that people celebrate, like, let's get wasted type of a thing, Well, right? plus, it was cleansing their land of of uh, the basically non-religious at the time, which, you know, you can say is completely wrong or completely right nowadays, but we weren't there then you know it's all about timing and environment and we all know what society you know how quickly society can change and how they feel about certain things and you know we're we're not making any uh excuses for any past behavior but i do think it is a very weird holiday to celebrate um what what seems to be a pretty much just a genocide (laughs) of people throughout ireland which is very, very strange, you know what I but mean? But the Irish are proud people, you know? Well, they, they don't look at it as a genocide. They look at it as their religious people cleansed their land of the evil, and they finally mm-hmm. won. So, yeah. like, they got they their the independence. Heroes, right. Yes. So, like, you know, they got their independence through war. And, you know, like I said, I'm not here to judge. I just think it's weird that we have a holiday that's about, let's go get drunk. And then wear green. And wear green or in celebration and stuff. What? It's <laughs> very strange. It's a, it's a weird one. Right. <clears throat> but the last podcast about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I did it with um, 
friends and musicians and stuff here in town. Mike Blim from Blim Amplification and nice. Casey Callison, another local uh, musician and has many bands as well as Fly Fisherman. He ties his own flies. I think he sells them as well. Um, really good stuff. Saw pictures on his page. Check him out, Casey Callison on Facebook. Uh, that was a really good podcast. We talked a lot about, um, well, as we do, everything. But, you know, we started off into the outdoor realm and fly fishing and how he kind of got started and fishing and then fly fishing and tying flies and, <clears throat> you know, what it actually, what the... Does he say local for fishing or is he kind of hidden? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's all from around here in the Springfield kind of area. And he, <clears throat> we had a good conversation about, you know, how... You know, I'd say basically, you know, we didn't get into too big of details and technicalities or anything, but just kind of the logistics of fly fishing and what it means, some of the terminology, what to look for when you're picking, you know, flies, what water column depth you need Mm. to be fishing at, you know, and certain things like that, how to, how to get trout and stuff with a fly rod. And it was a really interesting conversation. Then of course we... Uh, do what we do best, and that's go off topic. We hit up music and gear, because um, you know <clears throat> the longtime amp and pedal company Marshall uh, just about three four weeks ago released uh, they they re released an old vintage line of four pedals that the Governor, the Blues Breaker, the Shred Master, and the Drive Master which were all old circuits, right? Mm. They were basically amp-in-a-box circuits, Mm. all but like one or two of them. So it was like Marshall's answer in the 70s and 80s to getting a overdrive, and some of like two of them were pretty heavy-gain pedals. So that was a a market changer, you know what I mean? People were able to play things like metal, finally, easily without having to just crank up certain Blast brand out amps. certain yeah, yeah. Amps. so having clipping in circuits completely changed music and it's extremely interesting to dive into the history of that and what music came out of literally a circuit change hmm. and <clears throat> so there's almost no better example than Jimi Hendrix he took all the new the brand new for the time circuits um, except for the wall the wall had been around for for quite right. a while before him but he kind of perfected it. He changed it. it. <laughs> yes, he changed it and used it in a different way. Right. And then he f- he found the fuzz. He found things like Univibe and put them all together with this bluesy, psychedelic rock feel and his extremely aggressive playing. And you got in your opinion, you know, Jimi Hendrix. Can I can I ask what generation had the best tone? There's no such like thing. natural tone. You know what I mean? Where they found it, kind of a thing. Where there, you know, there was something that just that hit and took off. Well, it all depends on what genre and what tone. I guess, yeah, what you're into, but... But if you're talking about... Technological advances starting back in the 50s. Okay, yeah, Something tingy to something, you know... The Beatles are a great example. And the Yardbirds, uh, the Rolling Stones will be just after this example of the Beatles I'm talking about. But the Beatles did something in the recording that was very... <clears throat> it was kind of commonplace in studios, but not like the public didn't know about it. Um, they would plug their instrument straight into the board, into the soundboard. 
which is obviously unheard of. Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to do that. It'd be like the purest sound, but you couldn't add anything to it, right? Well, it's the Besides it's technically the purest signal, right? To Maybe be the, processed, right, yeah. but it's not the sound you would think or want, especially first. But what that does is that gave them <clears throat> the ability to clip the preamp in the board because they were really driving it. So they turned up the gain, right? And they got this very unique distortion sound that the only other maybe one or two circuits that were happening, like they didn't have pedals for right. distortion at this time. And they didn't have they a lot of tone them, options on their even guitars no, and stuff. No, no, no. They didn't have any of that. So the clipping and distortion effects had to be done either in the amp which is there's two stages in the amp the preamp mm-hmm. and kind of post gain like power amp section preamp takes your signal and kind of like juices it and boosts it it gives it all of the color and flavor palette of your tone right yeah. the power amp gives it the volume and Pushes headroom out the sound and headroom yeah, yeah and if you <clears throat> That so a way to get early clipping is you would crank your preamp up. The preamp stage, the very first stage of your amp when you plug your guitar in, the circuit that it begins with is the preamp section. If you cranked the volume, the preamp volume up, and you could then take your power amp or your post volume and use that as your volume control. And what you would do effectively is you just overdriven your preamp you got now all this overdrive and if you have it cranked up enough it gets into the fuzzy distortion sounds and then you can throttle your master volume at that point so that that was the first as far as like that kind of sound clipping and then some brilliant guy um decided it was the maestro fuzz tone the fc1 and this came shortly thereafter and what happened <clears throat> was the fuzz tone was an absolute terrible sounding pedal but they didn't sell a single like i mean like it was so bad on sales when it first came out um until Just satisfaction poor the rolling stones something? the rolling stones satisfaction right dan dan that fuzz right there is the very first pedal-powered fuzz ever. And it's the Maestro fuzz, the FZ1. The most legendary thing. That fuzz right there changed music gear history. Because that fuzz sounded so bad. There it is. Hear how thin it is? It's almost as if they're playing with like just a, a few less strings. There's just well, not that's, all the... That's, that's a one-string lick. But uh, do okay. you hear there's no bass, it's all treble. Right. So it's too harsh. There was no EQ real. There's no real EQ on this pedal. So you have <clears throat> this guy in London who took this pedal when he was over here and he brought one back. And he took it back to this place called Macari's. M-E-C-A-R-I. 
S. Macari's in London. And it is on a very, very famous strip in London that has all of the original fuzz builders. And they decided to make a better, more versatile, better EQ'd version of the Maestro fuzz tone because that one was unusable. Somehow they found a way to use it on that intro of satisfaction and then everyone wanted it. Everyone was like, what is that sound? We've never heard this sound before. I want it. So the tone bender was created and it is a long, what looks almost like a wah pedal with no treadle on it. It's just like the bass and with an, it has a couple knobs on it, but with one major difference, it had more of an EQ and a little less nasally. It was still not great, but a little bit more full sound than the previous. It bred at least the tone bender. And then you have a series of, of amazing rivalry. These shops are side by side in London, next door to each other, stealing from each other on this same circuit. It's arguable about who created who at, at first and at what time because it's so messy. It's very interesting fuzz history. And I'll pause here for just a second. If you're interested in learning more about fuzz things like this. history. Go to JHS Pedals on YouTube and look at the history of the fuzz. Josh will run you through. He actually went to London. He went to the Macari's and he talks to the builders and the family of them. It's incredibly, incredibly interesting. And especially if you have any interest in music, like modern music history, you need to learn the effects history because effects pedals changed our music. And how it's developed over time. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And... So basically, they made the the tone bender Mark One right, and then people complained, didn't sound great with certain gear. You know, they wanted more of this, less of that. You have Mark, you have the um, tone bender Mark like one point five. Then you have like Mark one point or the two, and the three, and the four. So they have slightly different circuits sometimes the exact same circuit different values of like resistors or transistor so it would give you a different flavor right right? it sits in a different frequency and because of all of this eventually dallas arbiter came together these two people and they created what's called the fuzz face (laughs) they wanted more fuzz they wanted that extra uh, and they wanted bass not uh, but um, right so what happened was they made this they took a microphone stand bass which is the round full steel microphone bass mm-hmm. and they drilled two holes for two knobs for their volume and tone basically or like fuzz like sustain mm-hmm. right in tone in they are sustaining volume and then they threw a little eq on it and it's a round fuzz face and that fuzz face is what Jimi hendrix ended up melting people's faces with the fuzz face melter yeah and it's pretty interesting because all because of that horrible sounding tone from satisfaction yeah it it bred into Jimi hendrix's tone due to demand that's crazy people wanted it and then the fuzz face wasn't good enough. Too bassy. Too woolly. So then you have all these iterations that then came after. 
in with every single and you have things like the rat pedal that came out in 19 it was at 1976 which was our, like the proco rat arguably one of the best distortion circuits and most famous ever almost every pedal nowadays we've talked about it before almost every pedal now 99 point something percent are copies of other circuits right, that have been just done different programming i'm yes. assuming and yes different, different values and, yeah. that's what we talked about different values maybe the original wasn't true bypass so they put true bypass on it and made it power via nine volt connector instead mm-hmm. of a battery right you see what i'm saying so like there's no but do you think it'd be distinguishable from the original true tone? Of course it is. Like side by side, if you have a good ear. Some people, I guess some well, people have a tin oh, ear, but you know. I see what you're saying. No. No. The answer, honestly, is no. However, once you get to a certain point in your playing, you do tend to start demanding consistency and repeatability, right? Because if you like this sound, you want to be able to recreate this yeah, sound. Replicate it. So there are inherent problems with consistency issues on vintage gear. It's old, man. Stuff crackles, stuff goes out of value, stuff breaks. Then can you find parts? No. So you have to start finding your sound in the circuit, not the pedal. Learn what your favorite pedal is based off of and then you will start to understand what you like as far as frequencies and sounds and tone like you know what i actually don't like that kind of fizzy distortion i like more chunky clear articulate distortion okay then i probably won't push you towards you know the ocd from full tone because that gets fizzy in the high end and it's very trebly i might probably push you towards a rat, a Proco rat, because it's exactly what you're describing. You see what I'm saying? So there are, and then once you're like, okay, well, I like the rat circuit. Cool, dude. I can point you to literally, not exaggerating, 300 plus faithful rat circuit recreations, ranging from $40 up to, you know, five, 600. That's crazy. And they will sound the same yet Pretty different. Pretty much identical, yeah. but not not a hundred percent. Basically, you'll be able to get maybe more gain or more volume or a better EQ range, or the frequencies of the pedal tends to be a little bit more pleasant mm-hmm. rather than you know a dirt cheap Amazon Basics branded pedal for forty dollars that does the rat. It's going to clip your circuit. It's going to distort it, and it's going to sound like a distortion pedal. It's going to work. There's going to be great sounds in that pedal. However, if you are skilled enough to hear the difference and feel the difference, you will start demanding, eh, this just doesn't quite it's have enough for it me. a little bit. Or, yes. You know, yeah. So, and the best example of this, the best example of like find your circuit and the reason why this is important is it couldn't be more on topic and relevant to what is happening at this very second. What is so, happening? Tell me. One week ago, Josh Scott from JHS Pedals in Kansas City, Missouri. Great pedal company. He posted a video like he always does weekly about, um, well, this video in particular was reviewing uh, an older pedal. Hey, would you flip on that light? My eyes are starting to get a little 
a little dark. Appreciate it. Um, so he did a review on an old, cheap, affordable pedal because he's super into um, playing what you have and appreciating it instead of having gear acquisition syndrome and always wanting to acquire that non-existent unicorn pedal that you think is out there that's going to make you this Eric Johnson player, when in fact you have the tone already. It's on your board. You just don't have it in your fingers yet. Right. You don't know how to utilize the tone. Correct. So he did another regular affordable pedal video. And it has broken the internet. I'm talking, you have articles written and posted daily from every music website about this particular issue. So Josh decided to review a really cool pedal that's 19 years old. And I say that for a reason. When it came out, it was $30. My friend, Rhett Warden, he bought one, and he bought one originally, but he bought one one year after they came out in 2008, and he bought it for like 30, 35 bucks, maybe, and he had been talking it up since day one. He's like, this thing is awesome. We're all like, I mean, it sounds great, dude, but we were also young kids, so anything that just sounded good and like distorted the amps, yeah, but so we didn't think anything of it. Well, all this time passed, right, 19 years later, and or 15, however many years later since Rhett has has this pedal, but really 19 since it came out. The Digitech Bad Monkey. It is a green pedal with a yellow font, so you can clearly see that it's trying to replicate the, a tube screamer circuit. That's no surprise. You can look at it, and if you're into music gear and pedals, you'll automatically be like, that's got to be a tube screamer because, you know, it's got... All right, describe a tube screamer because you got to think some people might not know what that sound or tone is. If you've ever heard Stevie Ray Vaughan play, his tone is from a TS-10 or a tube screamer. It's from an Ibanez tube screamer. And what it is, the circuit itself, it's a symmetrical or asymmetrical. I think it's asymmetrical clipping for those gear nerds that care. Um, It's a circuit in a little box, in a little pedal, that clips the circuit and it overdrives it. But if you were to put it on... Yeah. Hear hear how it's kind of clean and kind of broken up a little bit? But I think it's also influenced on how hard he That's what I was going to say. He has his amp at a point that if he digs in, it breaks up even more. But listen for just a few more seconds. Okay, so what you hear is a really snarky, aggressive sounding, uh, meaty tone that's got a lot of bass, it's got this, a good amount of high end, right, and it's got this mid hump, they call it, so it has a kind of a hump in the mid section, so when you, when you blow the sound up, like the, you can plug certain instruments, um, you know, any instrument into, uh, I can't remember what the actual device is called, but it displays the sound wave right on a line board. Yeah, so you're able to, kind of to view it. It's like a scope. Or whatever. Yeah. I think it's called an oscilloscope. 
and it basically displays your signal. What that's useful for is for testing what a pedal circuit's going to do to your sound. So if you have your signal going in and you adjust your instrument, like let's say you're playing a Stratocaster and you plug your Strat straight into your computer and you EQ it on this oscilloscope and it's like the nice, uh, it has a Strat is EQ'd when you play it through an amp, basically like, like a Fender amp, a lot of bass and a lot of treble and this dip in the mids. And the mids is like a vocal range. Mm. So it's right where a voice sits, which is a great accompaniment, right? A guitar that sits around the voice, it's perfect. That's why Strat's so nice, right? Well, whenever, um, oh, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Um, How it didn't have the mids. Yes, whenever you put a Tube Screamer pedal now in between your guitar and this oscilloscope, it changes, when you turn it on, it changes now that wave into whatever the circuit just did to your signal. Right. It changes it, whatever that pedal so it does. it modulates the entire signal that was inputted. Don't say modulate for this one because modulate is a word for this stuff. It's just, that's it's not quite a different effect. Like effect. The, the whole yes. like digit where it turns yes. into like a more of a digital. A modulation is like sound. a vibrato, right. tremolo, a chorus, something that modulates and moves the sound. Right. What we're doing here is we're clipping the circuit. So in overdrive is we're clipping it. So when you turn on that tube screamer on your oscilloscope, what was really heavy bass almost no mids and a lot of high end you click that tube screamer on you get a a little bump in the bass as well so it's even more bassy but all of a sudden your mids fill back up to almost regular level so it boosts your mids mm. and it barely boosts your highs and depending on how you EQ on the pedal itself you can shift that hump left for bass right for treble Instead of in the mid. So you turn on your pedal. That mid hump whoop, goes away. And now you have a lot of bass. A good amount of mids. That's just above bass and treble. And a good treble. And you're like, well, this is just a little a little bit too is it bassy. A so you can just EQ it. Of like playing on a 12 string as opposed to a 6 string. Where it's just more, more of the sound. But, you know, at a slightly different level. You know what I mean? A 12 string is more more closely related to chorus effect. Okay. Clipping takes the exact same signal and it runs it through things and basically chops it up mm. a little bit. It chops it up and it disperses it in a way that is different than a modulation. The reason uh, mm. all chorus the the effect chorus is is your your regular signal plus the same signal copied, nope, slightly delayed. Oh, okay. Played at the same time. That's all choruses. And that second signal is modulated because they move it a little. They warble it mm-hmm. while your original dry signal remains dry, untouched. It pairs it with that second copy, slightly delayed, and they warble it like a tremolo or like a vibrato, like you right. would with your voice. And if you play those at the same time, 
that's chorus. Mm. So that's why I said the closest thing to a 12 string is probably chorus. Yeah, right. Because it kind of plays that. I love the chorus sound. It, d- it does yes. just fill it in, just makes it just Clean better. or distorted. It right. sounds really good. Chorus is wonderful. It, it never goes out of style for me. I know a lot right. of people got head over heels with it in the 80s and early 90s, and they went way overboard, the super crystal pristine cleans, yeah. and then they just load in a bunch of chorus. Uh, but... It's really interesting because going back to those circuit things and the oscilloscope and what your sound wave looks like, it's important to understand that because if you play in a band, you have other instruments. You have other musicians that need to sit in the pocket as well. And so you, you can't muddy out their instruments if you've got too much gain, yes. too much bass. or yes. you, know, yeah. you can't take their seat. You need to all find space in the pocket to form appropriately. And sit in the mix well. If you've heard that, it's like, how do you sit in the mix or cutting through the mix? For instance, if I'm playing rhythm, like for instance, uh, Jimmy Eat World, the middle. I play rhythm most of the time. Then there's a solo after, you know, after that second time. And it goes straight into the solo right after the chorus. So I need to be playing at a reasonable volume mixed with the band, sitting just behind the vocals. And then the second that solo hits, I need to be able to click on a pedal that boosts my volume and frequencies to the correct range while not just adding more gain. Because more gain is not, not louder. Not thrashing out the signal, but simply just moving it. I don't know, like a, almost like a megaphone kind of where it just you're goes out more. projecting it. Yeah. Rather yeah. than singing at the back of your throat, you're using your diaphragm gotcha. and your gut. Yeah. Huh, huh. You're actually able to like yell with your stomach instead of like yell with your throat. So it's a it's a different feeling. Adding more gain just adds more compression. So you're not getting louder, you're getting actually a little quieter in a way and less articulate. So that's why for a solo, you would want something like a treble booster. Or a mid booster like a tube screamer works great because yeah. you just, just click that bad boy on, turn the gain down real low, but the volume up high or the level, and now you have a clean boost, they call it, that boosts your signal above the range that you were playing at into a positive and pleasant frequency that lets you then solo without being obnoxious. Right. And then you click the pedal off and you're right back in the pocket. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. But that setup is not hard once you know circuits. But it's And I think it a big thing is like I've seen a multitude of your shows at different venues and stuff. The sound guy is the money maker here. He can make or break you. I've seen yeah, a lot of killer yeah. shows, but for whatever the guy in the back didn't know what he was doing, had a different mix and it just came out bad. Yeah, like where I can't hear myself on stage and I can't and people are like, I can't hear you from the crowd. So I turn up and he just keeps turning it down because right. he's just like getting feedback. Well, I'm sorry, but you didn't set it up right. If, right. Like you need to be able to get, you, sh- you should be able to get your signal with this volume that I'm producing. But the fact is you're not getting your signal, then something is wrong right. because I'm continually having to turn up and I'm still not hearing from out there. I think the worst case, I remember whenever, uh, my buddy Dalton was playing in his Patton? little band. Yeah, or no, it was, or was it Moon City? Patton or Moon City? One of the two on I Commercial think it might Street. have been Moon City. 
and yeah, that yeah, was, he was up there just killing yeah, it on shredding. the guitar. I wanted to hear it so bad. You couldn't even hear it in the audience. You couldn't hear anything. Well, as soon as he turned on that high gain pedal, I saw the sound guy start cutting stuff, and he's like, "Dude, you should have, you should have already had this sound check and got yeah. everything." Because I know what they do. My buddy has hasn't ever played a show since, and that was kind of his last one. You know, but you know, sucks. (laughs) But that's also you know, um, I know he's not doing it just because of that. No, no, that was but some people do. Some people do. They take one one bad bad experience. They're like, I'm never doing this again. Dude, grow up. Like, you you have (laughs) to understand. Step over those hurdles sometimes. You're gonna have (laughs) horrible shows. Yeah. You're going to forget what you should play. You're going to not be plugged in. You're going to break strings. The sound guy's going to suck. Malfunction. Monitors are out. No monitors. No microphones. You know, you're going to have people no. spill stuff on your gear, fights, um, drunken band members. Uh, you know, all sorts of issues are going to happen. And obviously, you know, we weren't speaking about Dalton specifically, but there are indeed some people that let one bad experience ruin their passion yep. like that and it's like dude playing in front of people is incredible it is a cool cool feeling because what i like it's exactly what i did growing up in our friend's basement by hearing and feeling all of like the music around me by like playing it super loud but now there's just people in the crowd like dancing with you grooving and there's with like you cool lights on it. you yeah. yeah and it's way louder than you were ever able to turn up you know and in parents' houses and growing up, so live music is awesome. But there are—I've always had that dream to be on stage, you know, play, play, doing exactly what you're doing, doing the killer solos. But I just know that—that's what I'm saying. It's, my fear of public speaking and just being in front of people—I don't want to be in front of people. Well, you don't have so to speak, Audi, especially like, like right, I don't—I hardly ever speak into the microphone because I have a front man, you know, and an talkative bass player sorry I read (laughs) but they like they just talk all the time to fill the gaps so I don't have to but that's playing in Springfield we talked about it with Casey and Mike last episode is very easy because we are not extremely competitive there's tons of places and it doesn't matter if you're a week into it or something you can find spots to play yep you can literally like what i was telling mike most people they don't even ask to hear music they don't ask anything like what kind of music do you play how long do can you play yeah yeah we'll give you whatever 100 bucks or whatever and prices are but so it's very easy it's it's all just you know learn some songs but i think we have a pretty good music music scene down here a lot of people really enjoy you know live music yeah, uh, the whole COVID crap is kind of over with. You know, we've we've talked about the the people. It was a long while ago. Now it's quite a ways ago on the podcast list. Maybe episode like twenty ish or something. But uh, we talked about how some people are so sour about <laughs> the music industry in this town, and they expect to be paid a, like a livable career in Springfield, Missouri, as like an original band. You yeah. know, and the reality of the situation is that's never going to happen. You you can't do that. You might catch on for a little bit, but you have to branch out in other markets. You have to pivot and do other things. You need to be catchy. Originality is great and strived for and encouraged. However, if you're trying to make money, we've talked about it. Play cover music. 
play cover music while learning and practicing your originals, and then eventually pepper them in and let people kind of get used to you. That, that would be my advice. Yeah. Instead of getting mad at the entire city for not giving you thousands of dollars when you're just really not that good. You know, we're all really just not that good. We're, that's why we're in Springfield playing. Not saying Springfield is bad and full of no talent. Obviously, but it's, it's it no is. It's no Nashville that's or, you know, exactly <laughs> Austin, ta- Texas. Exactly what I'm talking about. We have amazing musicians here. Amazing. However, we all know and agree that you can't really make that much of a living in music in this particular area. It's just not what this I mean, maybe is if, you, if you're hustling it, you know, whatever, five to seven gigs a week. Well, that's if you what mixtapes like kind of do. Maybe, yeah. But, but they all have other You got to have lives on the other too. side, too, because, yeah, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it pays the bills. No, and it certainly wouldn't unless you're traveling and playing and then coming home and playing as well right. on your on your break. So it's like it'd you're be doing hard weekend to, shows. Hard to do that with original music too. It's hard to get kind of caught on. You just have to have repetition yeah. of people. It has to be on the radio or something no one like knows that. You. you know, right? Yeah. No one knows you, and people after what is it? Age like twenty one, they're pretty much stuck with their music for the most part. They they rarely change or add in music it's very less frequent it's like one to three artists a year generally on Mm. average for some people that if that they ever change but if you think to yourself you don't really look like unless acquiring new artists is your hobby and like a passion most people don't acquire a bunch of new artists here's what spotify just did that i I freaking love so i have a basically a a list of like whatever seven top hitters just you know the killers the bangers that i love and then i put it on shuffle but they have like a magic shuffle i can't remember the terminology right now but it'll pepper in stuff that's close to like oh yeah and so you'll hear it like man who's this and then you you discover like i've done this within like literally three artists within the past two days i'm like I love this song. I love their style yeah. of music. Start going to their page, start checking out their other music. I'm like, man, they've also got bangers. And I, I love discovering new music Dude. for sure. But I don't think some people go to that depth. I think you're right. I no. think some people get just kind of They just get stuck sitting. and they stop. Yeah. One of my favorite things on, on, uh, on Spotify to do is you go, or on YouTube music, sorry. Because that's like a paid premium thing. It's like their, their, their music thing. But you get it free if you have like youtube red <clears throat> and i basically pick like erica badu and do the same thing and it picks all of the real soul and r&b and mm-hmm. hip-hop not the like radio stuff yeah it yeah, excludes yeah. all that because it understands the genre that you're in right and it completely excludes it and i'll get stuff like mac morrison or mark morrison return of the mac return of the mac return of the mac oh my god oh yes you have (laughs) watch this we have to play it play it what is it called return of the mac mark morrison you know exactly the song ding 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 crank it up yup crank it Hilarious, listen. Oh, 
Listen to what he listen on the chorus coming up. He hypes himself on the chorus. Listen to the back vocals that he does to himself. It's funny right here. Yeah, right here. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Once again now, on my flow. Just, just think if he's pulling up to a McDonald's drive-through and he's talking mm-hmm. like that. Get me a double cheeseburger. I'm just saying that music in the '90s. That's what I'm talking about for like hip hop. That's like feel that's good. That's really, right there. really good. Like really good listening stuff, and it'll find you. In everything in that genre, so it's only like '90s hip hop and stuff. It's right. great. YouTube uh, music's been pretty awesome for that. Um, oh, so also uh, UFC. So we saw. Yeah, when it aren't you, don't you have uh, yeah. tickets? When does that so happen? Check this out. Last Shoot. podcast we were talking to Mike, and I was like, you know, I'm not gonna go until I get VIP tickets because. You know, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what, you know, Brittany and I had decided. We're like, if we're going to go, because the tickets are, even general admission, are hundreds of dollars. Ooh. So I was like, if you're going to go. You don't want to be stuck in the nosebleed. Correct. Because you're already paying hundreds per person. So what's a couple hundo the- mo Bingo. to get right in Bingo. front? Bingo. <laughs> so I'm just looking at other options of seating and stuff. And I'm like, gosh, you know, it's coming to Kansas City next month and I'm like I said if it ever came close and with the right time and price of of like good seats I would definitely go I didn't think it was going to be this soon and I didn't think it was going to be Kansas City so do you know everyone that's going to be fighting does that already have that list oh yes oh yeah the cards online it is incredible we have main card main event legend the main event Max Holloway I can't wait to see these people in person. But what's crazy is like general admission was like three to four hundred bucks whenever they first released them. And then, of course, as the week went on, you know, they were like four fifty, five hundred. But then I look at like the VIP packages and there's two. There's like the contender and then there's like the ultimate or whatever and like champion and the champion at Kansas City when they first sold them started out at eleven fifty. So prices started per ticket eleven fifty. But when you click on it, there was only a few of those tickets, and most of them were thirteen hundred. And I was like, "Yep, not doing that." That's per seat. Per seat. And I was like, "Not doing that." And that doesn't come with anything else. That's well, just no, sitting your butt no, in it. it definitely comes with stuff. And oh, that, okay. That's what I'll get into. But I was like, I still don't want to pay anywhere near that for this. So. Mm-hmm. I decide to look at the contender package, which is just the one contender. under champion. And it was starting at seven instead. Mm. So when I'm looking at regular general admission from three to five hundred dollars and then VIP starting at seven, I'm like, okay, what does VIP include? Now I'm weighing, you know, what whatever the amenities yes. here. Yeah, what am I what am I getting for seven hundred whole dollars? Because I that is because you know insanely expensive for poor people like us right do you get the sweat smacked in the face you know check it out (laughs) so you know how like 
they have the octagon, and then they have a, a couple rows of floor seats where they're like just put down chairs where that, that they put on the floor. Then they have like the ground seats. Where on those? Row two. Nice. <laughs> the ground section, floor section, row two, we're going to be just behind the judges and commentators side. So whoever's commentating, DC, Michael Bisping, Rogan, whoever, we're going to be right behind, right pretty there. much right That's there. Cool. Yeah, that would be a cool like uh, perspective. So we're probably going to be on camera. So look for us. Oh, Everybody look for us. But what does it include? Obviously those killer seats. And it includes seat service. So I don't ever have to get up if I want anything. So they bring a bedpan to you? They will like, bring I it, have to yeah. pee. Bring yep. me the bedpan. Yep. They'll rub my feet. <whistles> no, but the drinks and food you get uh, served to you nice. in your seat. Um, but that's not even like... And we get our own VIP entrance. So we're not entering through the main gates waiting in line. We have our own private entrance like in peasants. the back. No, yeah, you dude. go through the VIP yeah. entrance. VIP. No, okay, that's pretty cool. We walk down through the fighter entrance and go to our seats. We're, we are right So the potential by, to see fighters? Or will they be out there? We're right by the fighter walk-in. Okay. One of the fighter walk-in like spots. And nice. we have seats to the weigh-ins the night before. Two seats to the weigh-ins where we get to see them weigh in head to head, and, then talk and smack we and then get do the thing. a fighter <laughs> meet and greet right after the weigh-ins at nice. the little bar right there. So, whoever is going to stick around, whoever the UFC contracts, you know, to stay for this event, um, for us, we're gonna get to so you'll meet probably get and greet. at least a signature or something. And oh, get I'm to getting yeah, rub elbows. Oh, with yeah. the cauliflower ear guys. It'll be so cool, and yeah, uh, would be sweet. And then it said free food and drink in that meet and greet. So during this time, it's all refreshments are That's paid for. That's not a bad for. deal then. And when you're at your seat, obviously, I imagine you have to pay for stuff. But right. all of that for an extra 200 bucks to, in my eyes, because if I were already going and buying general admission, three to $500, an extra two to 300 bucks, and you get all of that extra stuff and not have to deal with the lines and the entrance and the gate. You get to meet some fighters. You get amazing seats. You get to go to the weigh-ins with the press and stuff. Yeah, that'd be pretty Dude. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a pretty fun experience, I bet. And then you start looking at what the VIP experiences cost at every other city in the United States. It's starting at like thirteen and fifteen hundred, and there's like one and spot. And people are paying that. They're sold know? out. <laughs> They're sold out. Like I don't know about this Kansas City one, but tickets are disappearing fast. Like I've already looked at. Do you remember whenever the they had the Octagon set up here in Springfield? They had like the minor the league Mosque. fights or whatever. No, there it was at a. I want to say it's like some cowboy bar or something on South Campbell. Oh, like it was midnight rodeo like or something. It, it wasn't that one, but it was something yeah. a little bit further south. But I remember going because Danny Farage was fighting. It was like a like I said, the oh, minor yeah. league, you All know, UFC, and it was a blast. Stuff. The beers were cheap, and you just kind of you were like five feet away from the stage, but yeah. it was the the same level. You know what I mean? See, so you're looking kind of the same those level amateur ones fun. are wild they were wild yeah they'll crazy and it's unfortunate if some you're of them fighter, get angry <laughs> they don't have their cool with it <laughs> most of those are so shady yeah so shady they're most of them are illegal they're not doing things by the law at all money wise medical wise 
uh, ticket wise, right. like the stuff Which this that was pro- most this was of probably these 10, 15 years ago. And but. yeah. And we used to have so many of them that came through and they'd like rent out the mosque and they'd put up the yeah. cage and they'd have a lot of schools come and compete and fighters. But I think word got out that it was just shady promoters stealing all the money. And fighters were getting like a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, dude, it would suck. Imagine being a college student going Your to college. Face beat in. Tell her you got told you're getting a five thousand dollar payout for showing yeah. up and another five for winning, and you win and you get a hundred dollar bill and no medical. Mm. Turns out there was no ambulance on site at all either. Yeah, I don't so, remember any EMS no, or anyone. And there. they have to by law. There's certain, you know, there are laws, obviously. But by God, they sold uh buckets beer. of beer for yep. five ten dollars a piece. Of course. <laughs> And see, that's kind of, that's what I mean. Like, it is fun to go, to, you know, to those events, but those are the only events I've ever been to in person. There's an event, I believe, next week here in Springfield that I want to go to. Can't say the M word, but they call the Dwarfinators. Oh, So they yeah. got little people yeah. wrestling now. It's supposed to be a riot, dude. And, you know, and I've 30 seen bucks those a ticket, midget, like that would be pretty wrestling. Yeah. And they have like a few of those troops, like some of them call them like dwarfs. Some of them, they, their name is like the midget yeah. or whatever. These guys yeah, were the Dwarfinators yeah. is what their little team was called. Yeah. But dude, And that would fun. be awesome. That would be a blast, yes. dude. Because I'll tell you what. Find them on Facebook. Midget Wrestling and Luchador are the two amazing, like, entertaining. The Luchador for the incredible acrobatics Mm. and athleticism. I mean, it's incredible what they do. The Midget Wrestling, though, like, that for sheer entertainment value, that's awesome. So Midgets with Attitude is what it's called. All-Age Show. Yo, come on out to the MWA. You're like, gosh. I mean, it looks pretty funny. Oh, of course. It's going to be awesome. And then the Extreme Dwarfinators is the next following, <laughs> May 25th. And people are like, that's insensitive. <laughs> look, well, this look is the... how they make money. This is what they do. Yeah, and this is their job. They've all got like, the Luchador mask or whatever yeah. on. Who are you oh, to say that so they great. can't wrestle and start their own yeah, league? What are, they're making probably it's killer a, money. It's insanely rude of people to not mind their own business. I'll just say that. Guess what? If you don't like it, don't go. They'll sell out without you. <laughs> like, and I was kind of briefly looking at the comments, and everyone's you know kind of uplifting. Some people are of goofy, of course, but they're like, honestly, it's the most entertainment I've got all week. And this is going to be the most money that they can make in a lot of job ventures, right? Because this is an accessible, doable job that's entertaining and profitable. It's very. Do you think they're hard. instantly declined for most jobs just because of their stature? Well, not most jobs, but you have to understand if you're not going and working for a franchise or a big place corporation, most small employers are not going to be able to accompany a lot of disabilities. Right. There are some they can absolutely work with and be like, yeah, no problem. We'll just get you. Like, for instance, McDonald's, but that's a franchise corporation we're talking about. I saw. Um, a little dude. Um, I don't know what he prefers to go by, so I'm just calling him a little dude because I don't know if it's the M or the D. So he he worked cash register McDonald's on the north side of Springfield for years, dude. And they had him on a high stool, yeah, like say, a step a ladder. Stool, you know, he had and... two. He had a step ladder at the register and a step ladder by the fry and burger thing. Hmm. So he would just hop down one, jump up the other, grab and bag your order. So see, they could accommodate. Right, but in yeah, that probably job. small businesses are going to be like, well, they can't. But can they? They some, can't legally can't. say I can't hire you because of you know no, what I mean. Like, how could they? Unless decline nicely. Unless <laughs> it was 
Well, I guess, no, you have to be fit for your job. You, correct. You cannot be like a surgeon if you only have one foot long arms, right? Yeah. And nowadays that probably changes because most are robotic surgeries. However, there will be limitations in certain jobs right. that physically, for instance, Tyler, I will never be six foot six and play in the NBA. Well, that's true. So are we supposed to nerf NBA and everyone playing it to make me eligible to play in the NBA? Of like, not. of course, we all have physical limits. We have skill limits. You know, we have all sorts of limits, but there are some jobs not for you. And that's just perfectly fine because there are many, many, many others that are for you and dozens more that can accommodate if you, you know, have a handicap such as like you're really small and you need to be able to reach things and you can't even see above a counter. So it's, there are jobs for you and you can even stand at a counter. Like there are, but maybe not every counter, right? Not every job. And that's why I'm not for this whole like forced inclusivity thing. No, just get out, man. Not everyone can do every job. We know this. It's basic. It's basic common sense here. We just do something else, you know? Try something else. But obviously they would be limited on options on what they can do. Exactly. So if you're going to be mad at them for pursuing an avenue of money and revenue for them. Get out of here. Dude, that is so white progressive of people to do. That is extremely a white progressive thing to do. They like trying to defend people that don't want defended and don't need defended because there's no offense here. It's like they're just trying to make a living. I mean, you honestly can't look down on them. Well, I mean, we all do. <laughs> we all do. No, it's uh it's an interesting concept. Um you know, there's also a we're not going to dive into this topic, but this is an interesting uh debate topic and it was based on a story that actually just happened. I don't remember what state. I think it was Arizona. There was, or California, something like that. There was a lost hiker, and he was lost and desperate. So potential fatal consequences were glooming. Mm -hmm. He had no idea where he was or how to get out of where he had stumbled into. And he's just like, I'm going to die. I haven't had water in like a a couple days. I'm going to die. So he started a fire, signal fire, and it got a little bit out of control. It burned, like, a lot. Acres and acres? Of wildlife land, not houses, but, like, wildlife land. And they eventually got under control. So is he in jail? Yeah, they imprisoned him and fined him. I mean, a a law is a law, And this is exactly what I'll say. That's why people, I noticed the comments, and all I said was, this would be a wonderful topic for Lincoln Douglas debate in high school. Lincoln Douglas is a debate where they make you are you for something and then immediately you have to argue against what you just argued against someone else who changes sides as well. So there's no cheap excuses. You just have to nail it out. You can't do it. And that's why I said this topic right here is a wonderful Lincoln-Douglas debate question, and that's all I'm going to say about that is what I said on the post, because if you can't understand the ethics, this is an ethical dilemma. 
do I go to prison and get two, three hundred thousand dollars in fines, but, but get survived? Is, yeah, you're alive. Or do you die and not burn all this land and potential wildlife and animals and go to prison and get like that is a dilemma. And you, I couldn't tell you how many people are like, good, lock them up. Shouldn't have burnt all that. And that's why I said, well, slow down, people. Yeah, slow take, down. Take a breath and think about. Slow down. Yeah, slow down. Put yourself in that position. He was in huh? survival mode Put yourself and last-ditch effort in a throwing course, up a Hail Mary. You know, they're all, well, he should have been prepared. Yep, accidents happen too. Yeah. Sometimes you get in over but your he, head. He was also probably delirious from at that, nothing at that point, in the system. Yeah, but, so, you know, he's, he's like, okay, maybe if I can make a fire real quick. Yeah. And then he just wanted to signal somebody was, out while it's taken off, you know, what are you going to do? And they threw him in prison, if I'm not mistaken, or they're, or, or they're charging him. You better get a good lawyer. I think dude, he he's going to have to get some I think really right. good lawyers and a lot of money because that is a very interesting, you know, yeah. uh, situation. It's very easy to be like, well, he, how many acres? A hundred thousand. He burned it. Lock him up, find him. How many animals died from that? How many dens well, died? Well, was it like crop like, acreage or something? No, wildlife. Oh, okay. So, I mean, Wildlife. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? But just getting back to it. First of all, I'm team human. Always. Humans The win. guy's alive. Yes. Give him a break. So, and I hope that there's some form of understanding, logic, reasoning, and leniency in the trial is all I'm going to say. I hope that people can at least empathize and understand that it was life or death, even if it wasn't, it was to him. Right. So you can kill yourself when there's nothing wrong. Placebo. It's been done. People have had heart attacks, panicking over nothing. They've killed themselves and it's, Weird. So, like, I initially was like, this just needs to be talked about in a debate format because I want to hear everyone and multiple people's ideas on both sides because this is interesting. And not, right. I don't think there's not, a distinct no, winner on no, either side. Correct. Of and that's exactly what Lincoln Douglas is for. There's never a winner. But you can't really implement a law or anything to no, change correct. any outcome of this. But do you, you know, it yeah. teaches you to be a critical thinker and a more empathetic human being to other people. That's why I like Lincoln Douglas and the topics of that, because every single person that commented shouldn't have. The stuff they were saying was like monstrous. It was just like, right. Lock but them up, lock them up. They Gosh. go off the first instincts it's of emotion. being trolls. And it's just, all emotion, you know, you know? Yeah. everything's emotional and passion and you you're not listening. You're not really understanding. And of course, that's commonplace in today's society, the lack of understanding, the lack of listening. You may hear somebody, but odds are a lot of people are just waiting until someone's mouth stops moving so that they can chime in with their stuff. Right. And because of that, we have things like this. Prosecute them before anything comes out. You know, it's like someone does something and they're like, oh, this happened. We're going to, you know, charges have been brought against everyone immediately online. The it's court going crazy. of peers and society are like, prosecute him. <laughs> you the don't legal know officials yes. behind their MacBook sitting at home in their mother's garage or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Come on. 
And that's why I just thought that was a very interesting story, and it would be, it'd be perfectly adopted into high school speech and debate. So if you're a high school speech and debate teacher, which <laughs> I don't think the chances I kind of wish I took like or debate or like great. theater and stuff. It's awesome. I didn't, you know, it's awesome. I'm not necessarily a social butterfly, but I think it that teaches you how to fake it. Yeah, at least to me, because oh, okay. like I know what those overtly just social over the top people all the are, time. Like, and on. I just find a healthy middle ground. Yeah, and I just like act. Like, you know, we've talked about how there's like a couple personas of each of ourselves. You know, there's like right. the, the fake you confidence the that you have to project in certain situations. Dumb to, down yourself sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you can't talk about certain things. Right. You know, there's you have to be aware. It's all about self-awareness. You need to know your beliefs and convictions and you need to know people around you and what hill to die on, <laughs> you know, what not to. Or is, yeah, you just take a step back. Away. Is it even worth walk it? No. Away. Turn around. Walk away. And that's, interestingly, you know, another online argument. Uh, a friend posted uh, a meme that shared. I'm sure you've seen it at some point. It shows, like, uh, a guy with binoculars looking one way and ignoring what's behind him and what's behind him is like it has words and it's like the church is the man with the binoculars and he's looking at drag queen story hour and behind him is pedophilia and it says the church in general tyler the church right the what church what religion what church because dang it dude there's a hundred plus in our own country so what church are you talking about? Because I mean, are they going to if assume you, the Catholic Church type well, of thing, no, or is they that just any Christian? They blanket right. all sects, sects of Christianity and Judaism into one, and that's ridiculous. First of all, but second of all, I obviously don't comment on this. I just like to watch from afar and just take note in my head of what some of these people say. It's so what that meme does, we just discussed in a, a very short roundabout way, generalizes anyone of faith at all that goes to an establishment building. It's called the church. Well, he's talking about you. He's saying every single one of us ignore sexual abuse and pedophilia, child slavery, child, everything, trafficking, all this, because we are all worried about the harmless drag queen story hour. And then, so I'm just like, gosh, this is going to be just a dumpster fire in the comments. I don't even want to click, but I got to because it's friends. I just have to see for a second. So I clicked one guy in contrast to the friend's post who was arguing how ridiculous the post was. And I personally, in my opinion, agree with what this guy was saying. But that's, again, I'm trying to be objective in this part. And he's like, I mean, what you're saying is you're like, makes no sense. Obviously, the whole, like the entire church is not every single Judeas religion and Protestants and Catholic and all this is not the church. It's not one group. It's many, 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 many groups. And if you're referring to the one group that I think you are, it's Catholics. And we all know it. And then he, the guy that created the post commented in antagonization almost immediately because the rage was on. Mm-hmm. But that's probably what he wanted. That's of why course, he created of the Of course, meme. low energy vibrational beings. 
demand more low energy vibrational beings so they can blood suck from them and energy suck from them. This is what they do. And he said something to the effects of, dude, I think it's really wrong that you're generalizing all gay people and drag queens as as assaulters and, and abusers. And it's it's just really gross that you would do that. And I'm sitting here like, dude, you just posted the post that generalized basically every organized religion as pedophiles. You just, it's, it's literally the post we're commenting on right now. You generalized. And the very first comment out of your mouth is, don't generalize people. How dare you generalize people? And so right there, this is why you don't comment. Because if they have that hypocrisy from the beginning, dude, they're not thinking at all. Like, the they're not thinking straight. The whole thing was just for grabbing likes yes. and comments. attention and soapbox and it, just dude. garbage that's to That's one of those things provoke, I scroll on by. Provoke, yes. I think the best yes. thing I did was I took a week off of Facebook and just don't check the, the first couple days, like I didn't realize how many times I just anytime I grab my phone, oh, bing yeah. bing, click Facebook. on that Facebook act, act but it was deactivated, so it just it would go to error. I'm like, oh, oops, no. you know. And then it was so nice to just not have any of that nonsense yeah. for a whole week. I'm like, I'll, I might do it again. I mean, it was nice, but there's a lot of like events and dates and stuff that I can't remember that That's that helps why, me on yes. Facebook. That's, That's my why biggest now thing. I just unfollow people. Yeah, because. It's my feed, and I'm clearing it up. I've been yeah. clearing it up for years now. It's wonderful. I'm not unfriend. I'm just unfollowing people because you're the stuff these people post are garbage, and it's all day, relentless. Yeah. All day, they have dude. nothing better yeah. to do. All day, they're just writing stuff. You're like, just put it down, man. Yeah. No one's reading it. Do you see? You have three likes on this, man. Like, no one's reading it. Okay, just calm down. Calm down. But this whole like discussion, you know, about the church and all of this, unless they just didn't want to be specific, or well, just no, they were generalizing to yeah. just you know provoke. Yeah. They they know, and eventually it was brought up because someone that we know uh, commented in, and he was just like, you know, I don't know a single Protestant or whatever that doesn't condemn what the Catholic church does if you're talking in general. Mm -hmm. This isn't exclusively Catholics. It's not what I'm saying. Keep up. Let's be adults about this conversation. But people have seen the news. They know Correct. what the priests do, how they get moved around after they, they get caught. They are recidivist and, yeah. pedophiles yeah. with factual evidence and no charges. So if we're going to talk about something, it's this, and that's what he was. And he's like, well... You know, until Christians as a whole condemn them, then I can't even take them. Like, what do you, what else do you want us to do? We've all condemned it time and time and time and time again. And we say time and time again, stop equating us in the same group as these people, just like the Westboro Baptists. That's not the God we serve. No. Sorry, Catholics. That's, That's not the God we serve church. either. That is correct. And I don't believe in that. Stop lumping me with those sick people. And then maybe fundamentally we can begin our conversation. But until you understand fundamentally where I stand 
I'm not talking to these people, dude, because they know. You're starting to get in the preacher cave. Oh, yeah. Down a little I'm bit. Telling you, <laughs> bam, bam, I'm telling bam, you. Bam, bam. They know. <laughs> they what, know. <laughs> what you're really meaning and saying. But they choose to be antagonist and provoke against it in a contrarian anyway because they prefer the fight in the back and forth. Because they, to them, it's like, it's an intellectual thing. No, this is the nothing thing. They're a coward in real life. Yes, yes. So this is the only way they can, quote unquote, win in the world. And this is where I believe it goes back to a podcast or two ago where I talked about we are all a physical shell with the spirit in us. That's us. And then we have a spirit guide attached to us. And you have to be very, very, very careful what spirit is attached to you. You are... In my opinion, you're not allowed to exist on this earth without a spirit guide. And if you better make the right choice, because the Holy Spirit is the only one that's going to lead you. All of the other ones are not good. <laughs> They're not good. They will get you addicted to things. It might they be will a lead feel good, down. temporary goodness. That's what they but, all are. Yeah, They all are that way. It's the physical feel good when... It's the spirituality you really need to focus on and the spirit that's attached to us kind of overlaps into our personality. When you meet a very godly human, their personality is extremely Christ-like, is it not? Right. So but that spirit has a that, big deal. that act like that, that are hypocrites. Well, yes, but we're not talking you know. about those that... We're talking right. about the people that genuinely practice, right? So if you are not with the Holy Spirit and you must have a spirit in this weird realm, half spiritual, half physical realm that we're in, then who is guiding you? What leech spirit is wrapped around your neck, sucking your energy from you. And I think they have to feed man. And when there's no one else around them, they have to go online and they have to find prey <laughs> to feed from. And they, post ridiculous things to just get interaction and it seems like they need uh verification so they'll soapbox and they'll want everyone to be like yes i agree with you you're so great i i believe the same way as you or they soapbox the other way and they say something absolutely ridiculous like what this post did about the generalizing all people of faith is ignoring serious issues that we don't ignore at all. It's just not true. And they're blinded by this spirit that's sucking every bit of logic and reasonable thinking out of them. And then when they interact with people, all they know how to do is feed from them instead of interact positively because they have that weird bad spirit on them, man. And that's why it's like almost near impossible so you think to it's, talk with people. You think people. it's just the one bad spirit? I would think it'd be like a combination. Well, I don't know the number or anything like that. I'm just saying in general, because Jordan Peterson had talked about, I think I did this on my solo cast of two, two, two casts ago. Mm. But I talked about how Jordan Peterson had this gentleman on, and they talked in depth about how this world that we're living in, we experience it through our physical bodies, that's how we, our spiritual soul can feel feelings 
and experiences. Because if we didn't have a body, we wouldn't experience it and feel it. It would be felt on the inside, but not feeling it. It's different. You have to have a guide. It's like there's this empty gas tank on you. And you have to fill it up with something at a certain age. Some people it's later, some people it's earlier, but talking, it's, you're it's talking young. about the God hole. Yeah. You gotta fill, yep. fill up the God yep. hole. Old Dennis Reynolds knows a lot about that. Yeah. And uh some people like to fill it up with sin. Yeah. Dirty rotten sin. Yep. But. And that's the uh I think the harsh reality that some people don't want to believe is real because they enjoy what they're doing too much. Um, and they're too scared to admit that the reason why they're in the position that they're in is because of the choices that they made in this evil spirit or spirits that they've got in their lives. And they can, they can get them out. It can change, but at the moment it's only hurting them and it's not helping And posts all over Facebook. It's just all sorts of low energy people trying to feed. That's why it's best to just stay off it. And you notice how it, it changes your life. It changed everything. I appreciated everything around me way more I was just looking at my lady. I'm like, man, she's pretty. I'm pretty lucky, you know, did that kind of thing. I was like, I just appreciate this. And it's not that all that fake garbage you're just fed just after you scrolled, you know. It's just, I don't know. It was good to get away for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Good, healthy cleanse. Yeah, the Facebook stuff. More people should get off of Facebook, yeah. Twitter, all that stuff. I mean, you can use it. Just do what you need to do to clean up your feed. Yeah. If it's causing right you, now, mine is basically funny stuff and just slight news, you know, just whatever's happening yeah. in the world. That's it, you know. And I never comment hardly at all, and and I just take it for that. But I, like I said, I use it for mainly dates and stuff. If there's an upcoming event that I didn't know about, and I use it for all my hobbies and interests. Yeah. So like archery, guns, outdoor, right. hunting, I do camping, cooking. Uh, music, anything. So I have all of that in certain groups or pages that I'm in that I get to throw ideas off of, you know, pedal groups, gear groups, but that's what I use Facebook for. It's, it's not for news. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't, I don't read those articles and stuff. Right, like, me neither. But I you just don't. At least if something happens, you hear about it. Yes. You know, whether because someone in the world. talks about it. Right. So it's just kind of. It's not might be the best source of news, but you at least know what's kind of happening. That's why you have to just kind of filter your feed. Yeah. Filter it. Just make it. Make it how you want it. Unfollow. Unfriend. Sometimes you even have to block some people if they're just. Oh yeah aggressive with you or something just get rid of it move on it's not the real world you live in it and you live in the real world you're playing around in a fake fantasy that is this horrible landscape of communication probably the worst method of communication oh yeah so stop playing around it so much you know talk to people in person and if they don't talk to you in person the same way that they talk to you online stop hanging around those people that's what I do. I don't hang around any of those people anymore. Sorry, old friends, if you're listening. I love you, but stop being so stupid. <laughs> or negative. Yeah, stop being stupid. Stop being negative. Stop being woe is me. Whatever your ailment is, we all have ailments. We all have problems. We all go through things. I go through them all the time. However, I make, I make an effort to change them, correct them. I try not to do those things continuously, especially to my friends and stuff, but... 
some of the stuff you know that we see online is horrific. The way people treat their friends and family lately, last and especially five years. over like propaganda for the most part, garbage. Yeah, yeah, just fake stuff. stuff. That, you know, that's more than likely not even true. And if if it is, there's a tiny nugget of truth, and everything else is fabricated. And the kinds of words used to rile up people just in headlines. It's, I mean, a great example. We've had a lot of. Uh, talking points in the last month or two in Greene County, which is Springfield and surrounding cities and stuff about the homelessness issue. And we've had a lot of homeless encampments popping up everywhere and private property. Like there's some right next to my house, right by the railroad. Of course. It was just dense wood. But now that it's, it's cold, you know, you get all the green out. Yeah. So they finally cleared out and you could see like, there was like four or five tents. It was a camp. Yeah. And, and they had all hand, the trash like, st- oh, and waste. garbage and everywhere. So what happened was private landowners called with complaints for months and months about how, and it varied depending on the person and location. Um, the worst one was the grandparents, uh, the grandma couldn't even have her, have her grandkids over anymore because the homeless people lived in her backyard, basically That's so in crazy. woods. Yeah. And so there's all these problems. They finally called the police. They went out there. They gave them all sorts of, this is the real story, <laughs> the real story. Cause I have friends that are actual like law enforcement that are actually involved with some of these things. Like I got the real story and then I read was online. I laughed so hard to yeah. It's so sad. Basically. They gave them, uh, the cops or the sheriff's deputies and those that responded as well, gave them resources to get things. For instance, gift cards. Gift cards. They gave them gift cards to help them. They also offered them rides. They gave them papers that had resources of all the warming centers, Salvation and Army, gift cards foods. are the worst thing to give because all you have to do is put that on Craigslist. Say, you yeah. can get this worth $100. I want 50% in cash. Boom. Yeah. That's how all the druggies They were at least that. trying to offer them a, like a relocating fee, yeah. right? Like, hey, you can't be here. We have to kick you off. Which you, that you is can't be here. Nice. So we're going to give you some stuff and we're going to give you resources and we're going to tell you and even offer you rides. We can give you some rides to different shelters. We can, we can you know, take you places, but you have to go. And what they found, none of them wanted to go. They didn't want to leave. And they destroyed the properties, plural. I'm talking, when you see pictures, it looks like a landfill. There's fecal waste, drugs, needles, trash, old clothes, dead animals. Like, literally, the worst, the worst. And these people brought it in and left it all on these lands and now the private landowners have the cost of removing they all gotta of this. clean it all up hazmat whatever it out you know if there is drugs on the scene they gotta deal with the police and turn that over so uh one day later facebook lights up with articles 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 it's just i'm just gonna write some article i'm a published writer i'm a journalist by what what who you're you're a journalist yeah i saw a friend i can't even call him a friend i actually unfriended him at this point because the anyway gave him and i don't i don't even really do that but this this one i don't want anything to do with you you're you're junk you off he took the liberty not as a journalist as a freelance painter 
to write a journalist story on what I just explained, the homeless event that happened about the police clearing it out. Only he interviewed one person, and the one person he interviewed was a female from a news network that got fired for like, literally was in jail for two years for like, frauding the company locally that she worked for and she's no longer a journalist Mm -hmm. and she's a outspoken socialist she's in the springfield socialist blah 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 group and she was the first-hand witness she said even though she wasn't even there so he quotes her account of quoting someone's account of someone's account of a homeless man's account of being kicked out. And he writes the article saying and claiming some very dangerous claims because we know today defamation is real. And if you are going to talk bad about a government agency, you can get shut down real quick. Your real entire quick, life real quick. gone. And he literally it was it was the most headliney headline junk I've ever read in my life. Even worse than like the Trump era stuff from MSNBC. It was like Springfield police paired with Green County deputy are waging an all out war on the homeless people, igniting their homes, burning their personal property and removing them from their facilities and sending them back on the streets. Hmm. First words of the entire article, dude. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, dude. But that's their job to make that clickbaity But title, this isn't even though. his job. That's the thing. He's not even a journalist. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so he's, he's just like, I'm just going to play journalist. I'm just going to, because I'm so passionate, I'm going to type something up and... I'm published by a no-name local progressive socialist newspaper that are a bunch of Marxists. And they copied that and blasted it all online. And then some idiot lady screenshotted his opinion piece because that's what it is Mm -hmm. and put it on KY3 and used it as a reference for what quote actually happened and everyone was just like are you retarded lady Mm -hmm. this is it says opinion piece who are these people I'm not going to name their names because it's shameful enough that they just say what they did online they know what they did and I finally had to comment. I'm like, yeah, the guy that wrote this article, I actually personally know him. He's a decent guy. However, he's an open Marxist and a socialist. So he has a very apparent bias towards authority and police. He has said it himself. You can go look on his page. He wants to destroy all police. Defund police. Defund all of them. All of them. He wants socialist everything. He wants universal basic income, all this garbage, right? All of it. 
get rid of our military, no borders, It's those no people police. that's never actually, like, dealt with the socialist aspect of it. Or been in any real danger. They, yeah, <laughs> exactly. If they were around Red Foreman, I'd tell you what danger they'd be in for talking like that. A foot in the ass. That's what, exactly what makes you so mad. And I commented, I'm like, this guy's literally a socialist. Don't, I mean, he's not a journalist either. I've never seen him journal anything. Like, it's, it's, it's absurd that people just... They take an article, they screenshot it because it supports their opinion from an opinion. They post it as fact. Double opinion does not equal fact. And it's that's all, dude. That that that's all social media now. It's it's outrageous. As you see, I get so worked up because I hate to see intelligent people tricked so easily. Like so easily into believing something that's so obviously wrong. Like, did you even bother to get the Green County side? Clearly not. You didn't quote them at all. You didn't reach out to Sheriff Arnott. You didn't talk to anybody. You literally talked to that one biased girl that wasn't even there. That's a problem, dude. And no one sees that this is why you can't trust any article you read online because I can write up an article well, and claim to be an expert. Most people just read the headline don't even yes. read the article. And they just... Well, they're waging all-out war, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> they're waging all-out war. In any time... Remember, we've talked about it early days. Anytime the government or some socialist idiot says, oh, we're having a war on drugs, you better grab your guns and get real suspicious of that person because... Every war on terror, war on drugs. There's always a war, war against on, the people. It's theft and theft and theft filled with domestic abuse on civilians of this country. That's all it is stealing our rights, stealing our money, and mudding up our life and everything in it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I I truly don't. I, I get I get having differences of, of, of opinions, you know, but it's without a doubt um, there's no there's no country in the world that's like us in the economic opportunities and freedoms that our country alone offers. There's not another country that offers what we have, and these people are so quick to give that up. Get out. <laughs> Just go. Go to London like you want to. Go. Get out of here. It's absurd. And then at that point, there's lots of people in England that are about sick and tired of that crap, too. That's why they were leaving the uh, the whole uh, uh, European Union. Garbage, garbage stuff that they undid and reversed that now because they're a little retard, but that's why we beat them in the war. I'm just saying. Back <laughs> Bunch to back, of Frenchies. <laughs> back-to-back world champs here. That's all I'm saying, you know. And uh, maybe if you uh, drank some coffee instead of tea, stood up for yourself a little more, you might have you might have won a little something against our 16 and 17 year old boys we had over here. <laughs> oh, sorry about your luck, yep, well, yep. wee wee. Yeah, but anyway, um, I don't think we have anything else really, or at least I don't. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we cash it? We're right at uh, 1:30. That's not Man, bad. That's not bad. I got kind of a Exit song, kind of put in the background. Exit song. All right, well, just before that exit song, we'll do our housekeeping outros. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining in again. Um, it's been a good one. We'll get back to it again. Uh, <clears throat> like us, subscribe, tell 
Tell a friend that's your homework. Tell at least one person about us if you've listened to the end. We appreciate you. Retainment is always tough at the end. But you guys are the real fans. Stick until that buzzer beats, and I appreciate it. We love you. I'm Grant. I'm Tyler. Thanks for joining.